We'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for January 22nd, 2012. This is part two, and we're going to continue with the study. Just a brief little thing I saw on uh, Billy Graham yoking up with Catholics. This is obviously, uh, you'll have to look at the PDF to see this, Um, but it's a picture of Mr. Graham greets people outside a national shrine, Catholic shrine. At a mo- at a Catholic monastery in uh, Chestatoa, I don't know, some Eastern Bloc city. And, and th- it's funny. The guy standing next to me, some Catholic. He's dressed up like the Pope. Really, it looks like George Bush. Uh, it's it looks like a combination between George Bush Senior and Junior. And he's standing right next to him, smiling. It's hilarious because it's it's like George Bush dressed up like the Pope, and Billy Graham's shaking all these these Catholics' uh, hands, uh, and he's there. And, and again, it's just one of the. And again, I've done a whole study on this. I'll, I'll give you the actual um, paragraph of description of the study in a second here. But the Bible verse that went along with this caption, went along with this picture, I thought was interesting. It's a great Bible verse. Second Chronicles 19.2, and it says, And Jehu, the son of Hanai, the seer, went out to meet him, and said to the king Jehoshaphat, Shouldest thou help the ungodly, and love them that hate the Lord? Therefore is wrath upon thee from before the Lord. That's what happens when we help the ungodly. Now, I'm not saying you don't bless those that curse you and, and do good to them that despitefully use you. I'm not talking about that or Jesus, but I'm talking about literally helping the wicked in their wickedness. That's a whole different deal. Enabling the wicked, going to a Catholic, shaking their hand, and acting as though everything's good. You're on your way to hell, and, and, and that's good. Just continue in that cult belief system. I'll do nothing but cheer you on. You're not doing them any favors. And that's what he's doing. He's essentially, you know, enabling and, and, and blessing that pseudo-Christian cult. And love them to hate the Lord. Shouldst thou help the ungodly and love them to hate the Lord? <laughs> so I, I, I think that's, uh, and, and then as a result, therefore is wrath upon thee from the Lord. So that's, that's like a warning, and, and it's, it's an applicable verse in today's day and age as well. So my teaching, entitled Billy Graham, Homosexuals, Catholics, and Apostasy, this is all the way back from 2007, a real blast from the past. Uh, Billy Graham is on public record supporting homosexuality, abortion, and his disbelief in a literal hell. His support and practice of infant baptism to save children. His support of the Catholic Church worship of Mary. Yet he calls himself a Christian. He has repeatedly praised infidels and apostates as great Christians. He would not challenge the idea that the Bible is mythology when directly questioned. Reverend Graham, a self-proclaimed Democrat, how could you be a Democrat? I mean, understand, I understand, Republican, Democrat, just two sides of the same wicked coin created by the Illuminati. But I'm not saying all people that would call themselves Republican, obviously, would be wicked. I'm just saying that it's the whole Hegelian dialectic. You know, they create both sides of the situations and then they, they give you their solution. But a Democrat? Oh my word. He's a self-proclaimed Democrat. Said Bill Clinton would make a good Christian evangelist. This is Billy Graham. And that Hillary should, quote, run the country. 
and expressing his long-standing devotion to both Bill and Hillary Clinton. I mean, I can't think of hardly two more wicked people on planet Earth than that. And he's publicly praising them. Not my words, his. It's plainly the case that Graham loves the world. Uh, Also, that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. He's been highly esteemed among men in in the world system as well, not just, you know, religious circles. At a crusade in San Francisco, Sodom and Gomorrah reborn, Graham announced to the homosexuals, quote, whatever your background, whatever your sexual orientation, we welcome you tonight, end of quote. Earlier at a news conference, the famed evangelist thrilled the cockles of the homosexuals' perverse hearts when he snapped to a reporter that he was tired of people trying to criticize gays. He said, quote, it's not the biggest of sins, end of quote. Billy Graham followed this up by yelling, by telling the smiling and happy liberal media, quote, What I want to preach about San Francisco is the love of God. People need to know that God loves them no matter what their sexual orientation, or no matter how, well, I'll add this part in, that was the end of quote, or no matter how perverse or disgusting or wicked that they are, anything goes. That's what he's saying. Graham also proudly confided, quote, I have so many gay friends that we remain friends. Quote, end of quote, and much, much more. So, you know, there's the there's my teaching on it. And uh, a lot of people, I mean, it's so flagrant what this guy's done. And yet a lot of people, even to this day, particularly where I'm, I'm living at now in North Carolina, I mean, Billy Graham's gigantic up here, you know. He's got the cove, whatever that is. And um, all of these, I mean, sacredness surrounding above reproach, and he's done all of this flagrant garbage and said it, and yet, that's all ignored. Freemason, as well. That's been documented. I get all into that in the teaching. But, uh, thought that was interesting. I'm not going to say anything more about that right now, but the, the next article, uh, Putin honored the Queen of Heaven in Russia. So, uh, we're going to give you some information. They're Vladimir Putin of Russia. Now, before we get into that, some Bible verses regarding the Queen of Heaven. Jeremiah 44 is where the Queen of Heaven's talked about more than any other time in the Bible, actually. Um, Jeremiah in general is where you'll hear a lot about the Queen of Heaven. But Jeremiah 44, starting at verse 18. But since we left off to burn incense to the Queen of Heaven. Now, this is the same... Mary of the Catholic Church. You have to understand that. All the major pagan religions throughout history, starting all the way back to Babylon, Semiramis, Nimrod, and Tammuz, all have their own queen of heaven. Semiramis was essentially that figure there. And the different figures that have been adopted by various races, like Isis would be more the Egyptian queen of heaven. They're, they're They're the same devil, just with a different name. And the Catholic, quote, pseudo-Christianized Queen of Heaven is the Mary. They, they like to fancy it's the Mary of the Bible. But it's not the Mary of the Bible. It's their self, you know, it's, it's, it's their version of the Queen of Heaven and how they work paganism into the Catholic religion. 
But the Queen of Heaven was talked about all the way back into the Old Testament. And here in Jeremiah 44, 18, it says, But since we left off to burn incense to the Queen of Heaven, and to pour out drink offerings unto her, we have wanted all things, and have been consumed by the sword and by the famine. Why? Because God's judgment was upon them. It's ironic that these pagans go to these deities, literally, you know, their religious lives revolving around worship of false deities, and yet they get judgment on them as a result. There may be benefit for a season. The devil, the devil can reward for a season, but when God's judgment comes, there's no remedy. I mean, what was the fruit of burning incense to the Queen of Heaven, pouring out drink offerings? We have wanted all things and have been consumed by the sword and by, by the famine. Then Jeremiah said unto all the people, to the men and to the women, and to all the people which had given him that answer, saying, The incense that ye burned in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem, ye and your fathers, your kings and your princes, princes and the people of the land, did not the Lord remember them? And came it not into his mind? Meaning, do you think he didn't remember that? And you think he didn't think about it? Essentially? Next verse. So that the Lord could no longer bear... Because of the evil of your doings, and because of the abominations which, which ye have committed, therefore is your land a desolation, and an astonishment, and a curse, without an inhabitant, as, as at this day. I mean, it was a really big deal to God that they were doing this. Now, I understand they were doing many abominations, but the main thing they key on in this portion of Scripture is them burning incense and pouring out drink offerings to the Queen of Heaven. They don't really mention a whole lot more specifically than that. So that had to kind of be at the top of God's list as what they were doing to, you know, incite God to anger Him. Going further, because you have burned incense, because you have sinned against the Lord, and have not obeyed the voice of the Lord, nor walked in His law, nor in His statutes, nor in His testimonies, therefore this evil has happened unto you as at this day. Moreover, Jeremiah said unto all the people, and to all the women, evidently this was something that the women were more responsible for, evidently. I'm not being chauvinistic, I'm saying they seem to be addressing the women, and then the judgment falls on both the women and the men. But it says, Moreover, Jeremiah said unto the people, and to all the women, Hear the word of the Lord, all Judah, and that are in the land of Egypt. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, saying, Ye and your wives have both spoken with your mouths and fulfilled with your hands, saying, We will surely perform our vows that we have vowed to burn incense to the Queen of Heaven and to pour out drink offerings under her. Ye will surely accomplish your vows and surely perform your vows. So in other words, you know, you're going to do, yes, you're going to do exactly what you said you're going to do. You have literally dedicated your life. You have vowed to this false pagan devil deity known as the Queen of Heaven. And you're going to reap God's judgment in spades. But, you're, yeah, you're going to do what you said you're going to do. And then it goes on to say, Therefore, hear the word of the Lord, all Judah that dwell in the land of Egypt. Behold, I have sworn by my great name, saith the Lord, that my name shall no more be named in the mouth of any man of Judah in all the land of Egypt, saying, The Lord God liveth. The, the reason being, he doesn't even want them to utter his name. They're not worthy to even utter his name. They've chosen their side. They have totally been sold out to this Queen of Heaven deity. They have chosen this and I don't even want my name being named by you. 
essentially. This was what God's saying. So, last verse, Behold, I will watch over them for evil, and not for good. And all the men of Judah that are in the land of Egypt shall be consumed by the sword and by famine until there be an end of them. To me, this doesn't sound like something we would want to kind of be doing a whole lot of. I don't know about you guys. I mean, you know, call me crazy. But that really doesn't sound like something you want to be doing to me. Bowing down yourself to the Queen of Heaven. Yet, I keep seeing over and over in these studies that I'm doing that Mary seems to be a common thing. Remember how I I just said that there seems to be this gigantic push toward Catholicism? And one of the main things people are rallying around regarding that push where they're all kind of getting on the same page seems to be Mary, the Queen of Heaven, of the Catholic Church. And the Marian apparitions and how they're appearing to other religions as well, to the Muslims and, and things of this nature. And it's not just in Catholicism. It's in, uh, like I said, there's, there's apparitions in a lot of different sects, and one of them being this Orthodox Church. Which I haven't really talked a lot about the Orthodox Church. We're just going to kind of touch on it today. But here we're looking, you've got to see these pictures in, in this PDF. This is from that Ivar guy again. He, he's got the best pictures I've ever seen. Now what this is, this is the belt of Mary, the Queen of Heaven, and they're saying it's the Queen of Heaven. Not me. I'm not adding that in. They're saying it's the belt of Mary, the Queen of Heaven, was welcomed in Russia on the 26th of November by Vladimir Putin. I mean, this is the head of Russia, essentially. Or one of the heads of Russia. And he's here when this belt gets flown in by this Orthodox Church, the Greek Orthodox Church, I think, in this case. I mean, you got these guys dressed up in these, you know, just... Unbelievable get-ups. I mean, talk about Pharisees and Sadducees and, and wanting to look religious and wanting to have the uppermost seat in the temple and wanting to, you know, appear like they're so, so holier than thou and religious and yet they're just nothing more than a whitened sepulcher full of dead man's bones that on the outside appear so religious and nice but on the inside they're full of dead men's bones. That's all they are. <laughs> so... They're bringing this belt of Mary, uh, supposedly. Obviously, this is lies. This is how these cults all operate. And we're going to touch on that right now. All of this supposed history that they have, okay? Here's Vladimir Putin received the belt of Mary by the corrupt Greek Greek monks. Uh, It's in this real nice, ornate, looks like polished silver case, and they're looking in, and and they go in, and they touch it, and they kiss it, and do all this kind of fun stuff. The fraud charged Greek Orthodox leader Archimandrite Ephraim. Now, I wish I had a name like Archimandrite. I would command authority. Finally. You know, maybe get a little tiny bit of respect. No, just kidding. Anyway. Uh, Archimandrite Ephraim, he's the fraud-charged Greek Orthodox leader. And 20 other monks, and the Catholics aren't the only ones that have monks. Well, you know, they're all kind of very similar, a lot of these cultic, pseudo-Christian religions. They took the relics of, quote, Mary to 11 Russian cities on starting on November uh, 26, 2011. Putin went to meet this unholy delegation from Greece at the airport in St. Petersburg. 
This is recorded by a Russian Orthodox website. Nearly two million Russians have come to cathedrals in major cities to receive the grace of the most holy Theotokos? Theotokos? I don't know. Two million Russians turn out to see this stinking belt. This queen of heaven devil belt. Two million. So they could receive the grace from this dead pagan relic. Show me the Bible where it says to do that. It doesn't matter what the Bible says. That's irrelevant to the vast majority of the world's population. You care less. Uh, the Russian Orthodox prayed before the relics of the Queen of Heaven and even kissed them. Now, remember the verses we just read? <laughs> I don't think this is something that God's real happy with. Bowing yourself down, worshiping, thinking that you're going to receive some kind of demonic vibe or blessing from these cursed objects, and they are cursed. They're straight from the pit of hell. I would love to just get into a room of these things and just destroy them all and then introduce them to Mr. Uh, Burn Barrel and burn as much of this stuff as I could possibly burn. You're just burning and, and destroying cursed objects. I think it would be a great start. A wonderful contribution to humanity, uh, in my opinion. But anyway, that's just me. I'm funny that way. Um, going further, thousands of pilgrims visited the Vatopedi... Monastery, just to pray before this unholy relic, to kiss the fragment of the garments of the most holy Theotokos. People pray before the cincture of the Theotokos for healing from illness. It's always about what can I get from Satan, essentially. Gimme, 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 Satan. Gimme, gimme, gimme. I want it. I want it. I want it. I'll go, I'll bow myself down, I'll get on my knees, I'll walk around, I'll get bloody knees, I'll show you how wonderful religious I am, I'll make a big show among men, just so I can gimme, gimme, gimme what I want, want, want. It still boils down to be, to me, to being self-centered. And, and to wanting to earn your way into whatever, wherever you think you're going to go in the afterlife. Or earn your position on planet Earth, or being a good Catholic, or a good Orthodox, or whatever. It's all an abomination in to God. It's a works-based cult. For you're saved by grace through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. That's all it, that's all it is in these other religions. It's about what they do. It's about all their wonderful works. And they're an abomination in the sight of God. For we are all together as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are as filthy rags, according to Isaiah 64. So, I mean, this is how they practice their religion, though. The religious ritual linked to the belt of the Queen of Heaven is recorded in Wikipedia according to the sacred tradition of the Orthodox Church at the time of her dormition. Now, I wasn't sure what that meant. I'm going to tell you what that meant. According to the sacred tradition of the Orthodox Church, at the time of her dormition, the Theotokos was buried by the twelve apostles in Jerusalem. <laughs> so, they took Mary's belt when she died, the twelve apostles, and they, even though they, I thought that they were like scattered, weren't they like, oh no, no, they were, they were there, and, and they took her belt and they buried it. 
because I guess that was what they wanted to do. Her belt was some kind of sacred relic thing. Okay, so this is what supposedly history records. This is false lies, okay? Lies. All of these religions like this, the Orthodox Church, we're going to talk about the Coptic Church, they base their history on lies that cannot be verified. I'm going to get into that more. But at the time of her dormition, they took this belt, they buried, the twelve apostles buried it in Jerusalem. The dormition of the Virgin Mary is her, quote, falling asleep at the end of her time on earth. It is simply called, it is not simply called the death of the Virgin. She had kids after, she had children after Jesus. You know? His brothers and that, that yeah. How could she be called a virgin still? Oh, well, we ignore that. We just totally ignore that. She's still the perpetual virgin in our eyes. Oh, anyway. It is called the death, it's, it is not called the death of the virgin because of, because of a tradition that soon after her soul left her body, the two, meaning her body and soul, were reunited and taken up into heaven. It is what is called the assumption. It's the assumption of Mary. So she was literally resurrected, body, soul, and spirit, in the assumption of Mary, and now is in heaven, body, soul, and spirit, with Jesus. Body, soul, and spirit. That's what they believe about Mary. Their version of Mary. Not the real Bible Mary, but their version of this Queen of Heaven version Mary that they've created to be worshipped, and who they refer to as the mediatrix between God and man. She's the mediator between... It's not Jesus Christ. The Bible says there's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. No, no, no. No, that mediator for them has been replaced by Mary. All totally unbiblical, all, you know, lies, heresy, to the nth degree, but that's what they do, and they do it well. So, this was the assumption of Mary, this dormition. Three days later, after she, after her dormition, or... or no, no, hold on, hold on. After, after she was buried. Okay. Um, three days later, after the belt was buried, I'm sorry. The, the Thomas the Apostle, you remember Doubting Thomas? Okay. Who had been delayed and unable to attend the funeral, arrived and asked to have one look at the, one last look at the Virgin Mary. When he and the other apostles arrived at Mary's tomb, they found that her body was missing. Now, three days later, does that sound similar to you? To Jesus Christ, maybe? <laughs> yeah, they said that after Mary died, three days later, she was resurrected too. <laughs> oh my word, this is unbelievably blasphemous. I mean, it's, it's almost comical for the fact that, oh my, they believe this? They found that her body was missing, according to some accounts. The Virgin Mary appeared at that time and gave her belt, or her cincture, to the uh, Apostle Thomas. And then that's when, I guess, they, they ended up, the twelve apostles ended up coming together and burying it. Wow. Talk about a tall tale. <laughs> yeah. And notice it's it's a total satanic knockoff of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's why they elevate her to co-redemptrix status. 
Because basically, in their eyes, she did the same thing. What does that mean? Does that mean she paid the sin debt of mankind as well as Jesus Christ? Well, it sure kind of sounds that way. I mean, it's the same kind of resurrected on the third day story, you know? So, the whole thing that revolves around this, the whole thing that she left behind, I even saw this stupid looking picture of Mary being taken up into heaven and she's handing her belt off to Thomas as she's going. Would have been good if it was like a WWF belt, like a World Wrestling Federation belt maybe, or Hulk Hogan type of thing, deal. You know, she handed it off to him. Anyway. Um, but yeah, that's how this lie, I didn't even know about this lie. I had no clue. I've heard of the Assumption of Mary, but now I really know what it's about. <laughs> so, anyway, I give you my studies that I've done on this particular subject. One... Uh, Rome pushing mother of the world status for Mary Goddess and the darkness of Mother Teresa. Uh, Mother Teresa was no, quote, saint. No pun intended. Anyway, um, then Mary Goddess worship and the Queen of Heaven. And then the four-part teaching I just did recently on exposing Christmas, Catholicism, the Pope, the Catholic Mary, the Queen of Heaven, and the coming of the One World Religion. I just see a lot of this Queen of Heaven garbage keep rearing its ugly head over and over again. Going back to the source article, the Orthodox Church, officially called the Orthodox Catholic Church, and commonly referred to as the Eastern Orthodox Church, is the second largest pseudo-Christian denomination in the world. So we're not talking about four or five people here. Okay, we're talking about a dominant form of a pseudo-Catholic, well actually it's not pseudo, it's a pseudo-Christian Catholic knockoff that boasts the second largest Christian denomination in the world with an estimated 300 million adherents. So this isn't like some really fringy... No, this is 300 million people. and, And notice, it said the Orthodox Church officially called the Orthodox Catholic Church. They're proud of that. And they're, and they're, I mean, it's just a different veneer or flavor of Catholicism is all it really is. Also called the Eastern Orthodox Church. Has 300 million adherents. Mainly in the countries of their Eastern Bloc. Okay. Uh, Eastern Bloc, uh, Belarus, Bulgaria, Cyprus, Georgia, Greece, Macedonia, Moldova, Romania, Russia, Serbia, Ukraine, Montenegro. All of which are majority Eastern Orthodox. It is seen... It is seen by its followers to be the one holy Catholic and apostolic church which claims establishment by Jesus Christ and his apostles almost 2,000 years ago. To that I say lies. See, they always love to say we can trace our lineage back to Jesus Christ and the apostles. That is such a common lie and theme for these really old religious systems like this. Hell-bound, hell-promoting religious systems. So, like the Roman Catholic Church, Anglican community, Assyrian Church of the East, Oriental Orthodox, and some other churches, Orthodox bishops supposedly can trace their lineage back to the apostles through the process of apostolic succession. More lies. If that was really the case, why is it so corrupt? 
well, it's just been a little bit... No, 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 no. They, they had these, these, a lot of these traditions from the very inception of their churches. These were satanic, pagan knockoffs of Christianity. It's all they've ever been from their very inception. Every one of them. The, the Christians were first called Christians in Antioch. And you could trace that lineage separate from the Orthodox Church, separate from the Catholic Church, separate from the Coptic Church, separate from any Christian pseudo-religion, you could trace that lineage separately. The Orthodox uh, Church traces its development back through the Byzantine or Roman Empire to the earliest church established by St. Paul. Right. And the Apostles. More lies. Just, they, they make a statement, it's like we're supposed to believe it or something. And you look at the fruit of this, and it's just total pagan, you know, garbage. And I'm supposed to believe this? They all do this. It's a common theme. Just like the Catholics say that Peter was the first pope or whatever. <laughs> okay, yeah, right. Before Catholicism was even brought about. Anyway. That's what they do. They lie. So back to the main report. Traditionally, this belt of Mary, this belt of the Queen of Heaven, this cincture, was made by the Virgin Mary herself, out of camel hair. It was kept at Jerusalem for many years until it was translated to Constantinople in the 5th century. I wonder if that means it was like magically translated. I don't know. To Constantinople in the 5th century, together with the robe of the Virgin Mary, and deposited in the church of the St. Mary of Blackernay. Now, the comment from the man that wrote the article, there are no limits to the religious fraud of the Orthodox Church, well, or the Catholic Church, or any of these pseudo-Christian knockoffs, that the Jewish mother of Jesus, Jesus disappeared from her grave and appeared to the Apostle, Apostle Thomas makes her death, resurrection, death and resurrection a copycat of Jesus Christ. These kinds of non-biblical religious fabrications are blasphemy against the God of the Bible. Here's some more pictures, and it shows one of these, the main devil. Um, this was the guy, this was the Greek, head of this Greek Orthodox. He was in prison for fraud uh, earlier. Well, he bought, he, he bought this belt to Russia, and they got all their religious icons and all their disgusting pictures and here he is, bringing it. And then there's another picture of these people just disgustingly looking at this with such reverence and, and bowing themselves down and kissing the belt of the Queen of Heaven. And then there's a, a little uh, little toddler. Uh, they're lifting up to touch or kiss the Holy Belt. Oh, it's so disgusting. This is so evil. And then there's that picture I told you about of Mary handing the belt off to Thomas. And they've got their Egyptian sun discs around their head as she's being this assumption of Mary where she's being pulled up in heaven, body, soul, and spirit. Um, the, uh, you know, the counterfeit to Jesus Christ being resurrection. This is their religious counterfeit to that. And um, then we have the picture of Putin and these devil... Uh, Orthodox guys all standing around the, the belt. He's getting ready to examine the relic and the box and the belt. And there he's actually uh, before it now. I don't know if he's kneeling or... I don't know. Putin touches the belt. There are no pictures of a possible holy kiss, though. Hmm. That the priests lure 
people to bow down to the clean belt of the Queen of Heaven makes them a priesthood of Satan. Yes, they are. They are a priesthood of Satan. Before I saw these pictures, I was not aware that this Russian strongman, Vladimir Putin, was a religious man. It makes sense. Communists, Muslims, Catholics will all be united around the Queen of Heaven, who is a prostitute, the very whore of Babylon. Most likely, yes. Good point. And the whore Babylon's talked a lot about in Revelation, and that's the time we're going into. So again, that's one of the reasons I've been, I think I've been more led lately to key in on this. Because I'm seeing this huge trend of not only people being sucked back to the great Catholic whore, but also one of the primary means for that mechanism to happen is through this queen of heaven uh, dynamic that I see taking place here. And then you look at what Jeremiah says about the queen of heaven and how God's judgment comes down. Not something you want to mess around with. Now, I had a guy email me this week to kind of rebuke me. And uh, he says to me, this is an excerpt from the letter. Another issue you may want to address, but this is not in your favor, is what you said about the Coptic Church. And I guess my last, or it was not, it was the teaching before last on the Catholicism. On the second part of your Apocrypha teaching, around 14 minutes, you said the Coptic Orthodox Church was spawned from the Catholic Church. Scott, this is not true. And a simple research will prove that the Coptic, that the Coptic was founded by St. Mark as early as 42 A.D., do I hold that the Coptic Church doesn't have elements of apostasy? No. But a fact is a fact. And in fact, if you look at it, and he gives me the link to the Wikipedia, you'll now, again, you go to Wikipedia, you're going to get whatever version that church wants you to believe. Okay? So I'll use Wikipedia a lot of times just to say, okay, here's what they're saying. But please, I mean, you can't exact... Okay, so this is... We just accept this as absolute factual history then. Okay. And then he says, you'll find that the early Coptic church uh, introduced some really bad ideas, like monasticism, the monks, uh, attracted some suspect characters like Jerome, who went on to lay the foundations of the Latin Vulgate, which is where we get the false Bible versions that the Catholics have propagated. Okay. And then he goes on to tell me about the virtues, though. Okay, so, my reply. You're right. They didn't come out of the Catholic church. And I was wrong about that. I shouldn't have said that. Should have done a little more research. I admit that. True. But they may as well have. Actually, really, from what I can see, I would say the Catholic Church actually took a lot of leading from the Coptic Church. So I had a little bit backwards. And I admit that. That's true. Okay. I admit that. Now, but I said, and you, but do you believe everything you, believe, you read in Wikipedia? St. Mark founded the Coptic Church in Alexandria, Egypt of all places? Yeah, just like Peter was the first Catholic Pope. This is unbelievable. Just like the, the, the thing I just read about the Orthodox Church, being able to trace their lineage back to Jesus Christ and the apostles and their bishops through apostolic succession. You believe what they're telling you? Look at their fruit. They're liars. They're a cult. And you're telling me, oh, yes, this is the truth. Wow. Got some oceanfront property for you in Arizona. If you, if you might be interested in buying there. Taylor says she wants, she's a taker. Anyway, um, cults like this lie to get you all warm and fuzzy thinking they operate in biblical truth. This is just warmed over Catholicism with a little different veneer. Just 
um, a little of what this cult openly admits to. Now, this is the Coptic church, okay? Just a little bit of this, what this cult openly admits to tells me this devil church was pagan from its beginning. I mean, they started at ground zero for paganism at the time, which was Alexandria, Egypt. It doesn't get a whole lot worse than that. I could do a whole study on that, that subject of Alexandria, Egypt, at the time of, like, after um, Jesus died and what went on there. That You could do probably a multi-part study just on that one subject. Um, but I just don't have time to cover every cult out there. So, looking, um, this is a quote from regarding the Coptic Church, you might have thought that the only papacy you had ever heard of was the one in Rome, not in Egypt. Well, there's another papacy, and it's in Egypt. Where Remember where it started? It started in Alexandria, Egypt. It's still there. Okay? There's another papacy that's in Egypt. The head of the Coptic Church is called the Pope. He is also the patriarch of the Alexandria Patriarch of Alexandria in Egypt. The Pope in Egypt had the title before the Pope in Rome did. So I was wrong about it. I had my things, my, my facts. I mean, the, the Pope took their leading. The Catholic Church, Constantine, when he started it in 318 AD, took, most likely took his leading from the Coptic Church. The Coptic Pope is considered the successor of St. Mark. <laughs> yeah, right. The, the evangelist... Evangelist who, according to tradition, founded the church in Egypt with his headquarters in Alexandria. <laughs> I can't help but laugh about this. This is so insane. It shows this Coptic Pope sitting there. <laughs> and this Muslim. Here's a gift from Muhammad Abbas to the Coptic Pope, an icon of the unholy Madonna in her son. Imagine that. A Muslim giving the Coptic Pope a picture of the Queen of Heaven and her, her son. Semiramis and Tammuz, little self-portrait there. Okay? This was on September 13, 2011. I, I give you the picture here. The large majority of evangelical Christian leaders accept Coptics as Christians, but few evangelicals have much knowledge about Coptic orthodoxy. I really didn't. And I read these things like, I've read these things before that I saw, like Voice of the Martyrs put out. Voice of the Martyrs is, is I had, uh, I was on their subscription list for a long time, a long time ago, and it was like, I'm getting all this stuff about Catholics being persecuted and Coptic Christians. And I'm thinking, you know what? I don't like the fact that they're being persecuted. True. And I want them to go to heaven and I want them to get saved. But the fact is, when you defend them as though they're Christian, you're sending the wrong signal to people. These are cults that are taking people to hell. The Coptic Church, the Catholic Church, and you're defending them as though they're Christian organizations leading people to the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is way mega wrong. You should be exposing their lies. It's one thing to report on it. It's another thing not to report on the fact that they're cults. And that they're taking people to hell. And this is, a lot of these reports I see now, Voice of the Martyrs stuff, oh, these Coptic, they, they died for their faith. That's really sad, because they didn't die for the Lord Jesus Christ. They died in a cult, and they went to hell. And I'm really sorry that that happened. But we shouldn't act as though they're martyrs for the Lord Jesus Christ, because they're really not. I'm sorry, but I mean, they're not. They're in a cult. 
They may be they may be persecuted like they were a real Christian, but that does not make them a real Christian. That's doubly sad when a Catholic or a Coptic Christian or an Orthodox whatever Christian dies supposedly for being a Christian and they're not even Christians. But that's a subject that I've hardly ever seen anyone. They don't, I mean, oh, I mean, isn't it enough that they died? No, we need to point out the fact that they died in a cult. This religious movement has their own Pope, Coptic Christians. And Jew hate and replacement theology is deeply rooted in Egyptian Coptic minority. Meaning it's a minority in, G- in, in Egypt, but it is, it is, it's been there for a long time. The best exposure of the Palestinian Coptic nexus is the Muslim uh, Abdu Mazen's gift to the Coptic Pope. It is not a holy Quran and obviously not a Bible, but an icon of the unholy Madonna and her son. Abu Mazen was selected by Yasser Arafat to be the first Palestinian Prime Minister. He was also PLO Secretary General and was also the co-founder of the mainstream PLO Fatah uh, faction which Arafat headed. Arafat being one of the most wicked evil Muslims on the planet said the only solution for the Jews is that we drive them into the sea and annihilate every last one of them, man, woman, and child. That's Yasser Arafat. Okay? This guy was selected by Yasser Arafat to be the first Palestinian prime minister. This is the guy that gave the Coptic Pope the picture of the Madonna and son. So I I want us to have some perspective here on what kind of devil cult we're dealing with here. And and here's another one. Two popes in a pod. I've I've, I've, uh, named this little picture. It shows Pope John Paul. He looks like he's going to keel over about any second. Uh, Right next to this Coptic Pope, they're on the same stage. They're all dressed up in their their really, really super, super mega religious vestments. And um, they're all together, one big happy family. So, yeah, I just kind of wanted to report on that and and give us a little more perspective regarding that particular subject. Now, I'm going to go ahead and we're going to do one last article here and then we're going to go to part three. And this is entitled, uh, It Has Begun... UFO reports skyrocket in the first weeks of 2012. I'm hitting a lot of different articles, uh, a lot of different subjects today. But I thought this was something that, again, a little noteworthy. During the first week of 2012, UFO reports streamed in from around the world as numerous eyewitnesses described and videotaped strange things from in the sky. Whether they were balloons, conventional aircraft, or misidentified astronomical objects, the new year of UFO sightings is often running as the worldwide proliferation of digital camera videos and phone cams make it easier than ever to photograph unusual sights in the sky above us. The Colorado-based Mutual UFO Network, or MUFON, the largest UFO investigative organization in the world, received many reports of UFOs during the first week of the year from eyewitnesses in 36 out of 50 states. For the entire month of January 2011, MUFON recorded around 500 reports. And we're already up to 233 in the first week of 2012, said MUFON International Director. So in other words, it's almost uh, double right now. They're on pace to have almost double the sightings. 
Uh, for December, we had 810, meaning last December. That was December we just got through, compared to about 500 in December of the previous year. Cliff told the Huffington Post last year we averaged over 6,000 sightings, and if we continue at this pace, it will be up by 50%. So we're seeing, again, this absolute total escalation of UFO sightings. Bible verse here, Second uh, Thessalonians 2.9, Even him who's coming uh, is after the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. So again, that's a very appropriate verse for this, all lying signs, all signs and lying wonders. So, again, we're going to see more and more and more of these false, whether it's UFOs, whether it's New Age miracles, whether it's Catholic miracles, whether it's whatever. You're going to see an escalation more of that, and that's the primary mechanism by which the false prophet and the Antichrist are going to deceive the whole world according to what the Word of God says. So these are things that, oh yeah, you could dismiss or whatever, but you want to be able to have an explanation. These are demonic in nature. I I was listening to a report the other day uh, regarding John Todd, and he was talking about a witch that he knew that could literally summon. Now, I think that there's different aspects of UFOs, and I've done tons of studies on this, but you have a, let's say, fallen angelic Nephilim aspect to them. You have a governmental aspect to them, like the whole Roswell and reverse engineering these craft and being able to actually produce craft that looks like these, our own government. And then you also have a purely, let's say, spiritual Aspect where these things are literally like a spiritual, um, demonic projection in the sky. They're not even really real. This one particular witch he had been talking about could actually summon these things at will. And I've heard this before. I, I, even that one guy that was before that guy that claimed he could summon them. And then there was all these eyewitness footages of him actually doing that very thing. How are they able to do that? Through witchcraft. But what you're seeing in that case, I think, is more of a... uh, of a... uh, like a dimensional shift. Like, they're coming into our dimension through literally through witchcraft, and we're able to actually view these things for a time period. They They may not be an actual physical, real object. They're like a demonic projection in the sky. So there's different things you can point to as far as these sightings go. I don't think it's just one thing that we can say, okay, where, where we say, oh, no, they're just purely demonic. Yeah, but they also many, many times leave very, very physical, tangible things behind, like burn patterns on, on grounds, and people actually go up and touch these things and things of this nature. So I don't think there's any one explanation that would totally explain all of this. Bob Lazar's lectures that you've seen on that, where he actually literally went and tr- was one of the ones that tried to reverse engineer a lot of these craft that they had actually captured. So again, I tend to take kind of a broad look at that particular subject. It's very, very hard to be dogmatic because I'm not in black projects or ops in, in our government. And so, from my research, I think that that's what we're dealing with here. Now, I've done a very, very many teachings on that particular uh, subject, and I, get, you know, I didn't put those in. I'm going to go ahead and stop it right now. And I'm going to insert 
my teachings I've done on that subject, so you can use this like one-stop shopping. You can just click right on the, the teaching where I've actually went into that subject. Much more depth, because that's all I'm going to really say about that today. Other than this last uh, quote, which is from the Extinction Protocol, page 427, says, quote, The increasing number of appearances of these unidentified, who they refer to as sun chariots of Lucifer, is an omen of more troubling things emerging on the horizon. Each paranormal UFO event is pushing the world closer to what some are calling full disclosure. From government agencies, or worse, a broadcasted UFO public event that will be seen by billions. I've been saying this is going to happen sooner or later. Hollywood, all of the sightings, all of the propaganda, there's been way too much invested... from this, from a satanic standpoint, Satan has too much invested in this for just, for us to say, oh, nothing's ever going to become of any of this. No, it's preparing us for the coming of the false prophet and the Antichrist. It's preparing us for the true, I mean, mean, yes, we're in strong delusion, but man, we're really going to get into strong delusion then. It's preparing the way for all this to happen. And for disclosure, when the governments of the world come to the fore and say, hey, listen, we've been we've known about this. In fact, we've been working with these guys. We just didn't think you could handle it. But now, here they are, and they're going to be the solution to all our problems. In fact, they created us. You know? Ancient astronaut theory. And we just didn't think we could handle it. So what we did is, is, is we let all these UFO sightings happen. And that prepared that prepared you mentally. We had all these movies, we had all these publications, we had all these, you know, things on TV that prepared this. And now you're finally ready, able to to handle it. So that's what they're going to do. So I'm going to go ahead and end part two here, and we're going to switch gears and go to a different part uh, next. So God bless you.